Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is awesome to be here with you. I'm so excited uh, because we get to continue doing what God has called us to do. We get to continue being the people that God has called us to be. We get to continue living for Jesus, loving people where they are, and together taking next steps in our journey toward what Jesus is calling us to, to be more like him, to live more like him, to love more like him, and to do that right here in this place so that we can make an impact in the world around us. Uh, I'm so excited because we get to continue this message series, but before we dive in, I just wanted to say, hey, if you're new here, whether you're on- online or in person, uh, I'm just excited to have you with us. Thanks so much for spending a portion of your day with us in celebration of who God is and what God is calling us to do and how God has called us to be his special, unique people, loved by him, but sent into the world for him so that we can make a difference on his behalf. If you are new here, you're going to realize pretty quick, we're not perfect, uh, but we know the one who is, and that's Jesus. And so we want to invite you on a journey with us to grow in relationship to God, to grow in relationship to one another so that we can go into the world and make a difference on behalf of of Jesus Christ. Uh, We believe that that God is calling us to do just that, and that is why we have been on this message series called Plunge. The idea of Plunge is that we are partnering with our Vacation Bible School uh, program that's coming up just next week. Next Monday, uh, the the students uh, are going to descend upon the church, and we are going to be able to love them and share Jesus with them, play games, uh, have some fun, do bounce houses, all of those things. So if you haven't yet, it is not too late to say, hey, I would like for my kids, grandkids, uh, neighbors, friends, whatever, uh, I would like for them to come to Vacation Bible School. Uh, But we're getting close because Monday is right around the corner. And so we want you to, to partner with us on this. What we thought was, hey, why don't we uh, not just let the kids have all the fun, but we want to have a little bit of fun too. We want to dive into our, uh, our faith as well. The reason we're talking about plunging or diving or all of that is because the students are going to go on mission deep sea. It's this idea of finding God in the stories and and understanding who God is and and allowing God to to come off of the pages of the Bible and, and take root in their heart. And so our hope is that we too can, can experience some of that. Because the reality is, until you dive into the water, until you get beneath the surface, sometimes you can't always see what's there. And, and so our, our idea was, we're going to take a plunge into our faith. We're going to go a bit deeper into our faith. And we started by saying, hey, uh, we need to recognize first that we're deeply flawed, uh, that we are not perfect, that we are not uh, able on our own to, to do all the things that, that we want. And, and we're not even able on our own to be the people that we want. And so in that, in that place of, of finding our frailty, we also find our need for a Savior. And so we get the gift of Jesus Christ. And so the next week we talked about how we are, we are uh, deeply forgiven. Even more than just forgiven, uh, we are justified that our sin is gone, that we ha- have it no more. And, and God sees it 
no more. And so uh, the beauty of that is that it leads us into relationship. And relationships are hard. Uh, even, uh, even as an adult, I, I think they're more difficult as an adult, but I remember uh, my foray into relationships. See, I grew up, as I've said, in Houston, Texas, and, and in the 80s, uh, the, the cool thing to do when I was in middle school was to go to the roller rink. Like that, that was what we did on Friday nights. We were like, Mom, can you take us to the roller skating rink? Uh, it was called Great Skate in, in uh, Houston. We, we lived uh, in the neighborhood we lived in. The Great Skate was the, the mecca for all of, of the roller skating gurus. And we weren't roller skating gurus, but man, my friends and I, we really tried hard to be okay at roller skating. And so we would, we would spend time practicing at the roller rink over and over and over, trying to learn how not to fall down when you skate backwards and how to, how to weave your feet in and out and how to look really cool, how to jump in the air while you're on roller skates and land. <laughs> fun, fun fact, I went to the roller rink uh, as an adult, and uh, gravity is a lot different as a grown person than it was when I was, when I was in middle school. Uh, so uh, there I was learning how to be a, a better uh, roller rink person, ro- roller skater, uh, and one of my buddies decided, hey, we're going we're gonna to have a birthday party at the roller rink. And it was like during the afternoon, and I was super excited because we loved going to the roller rink. Plus, it was an opportunity to practice because the thing that I I desired most at that point in my life was the thing that was most elusive to me, which was the attention of girls. (laughs) Like I wanted wanted them to see me and be like, oh, he's cool. And nobody at my school saw me in that light. And so we went to this roller rink and, and something crazy happened. What happened was the, the people that were there, the, 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 there, were, uh, there were people that were there for other things besides my friend's birthday party, and some of them, some of them were girls from a different school, and, and what had happened in, in some way I, I still to this day cannot fathom, they were interested in me, not in my friends, but in me. Like they came over and they were talking to me. We were sitting there uh, and, and I didn't know how to respond because I had never had attention like this. And so what did I do? I decided that I was going to pretend to be somebody I wasn't. I was going to pretend like I was somebody more important than I was. I was going to pretend to be stronger or better or faster than I had ever been. I, I, I started exaggerating and, and straight up lying about myself. I was like, we walked up here, yeah, and I had to keep my friends safe with my karate. Like, like, like I was making up the dumbest things ever. They were already interested in me, so it makes no sense but I was trying to, to step into this idea of relationship with other people. And, and so what did I do? I, I wanted them to see me differently than I saw me. I wanted them to see uh, some kind of a superhero kid, some kind of a kid that was special or, or better than I could have ever imagined myself. I wanted to put on pretense. I wanted them to see who I wanted to be, but wasn't. And we see this 
all the time. And this is one of the things that makes relationships hard because it's, it's hard for us to be authentic, to be our true self, to let people see who we really are because, because we see who we really are. And sometimes that can be difficult. We see this all the time in the world around us. Somebody's coming to visit and you go to Target so you can decorate the house differently than you ever have because you want to impress them. You, you put on a public image when you go outside of your house so that others see you differently. <laughs> Social media is a perfect picture of this. We only post the things that are cool about ourselves, the things that, that have other people inspired or, or make them think us more special than we truly are. Wouldn't it be nice if we could just be authentic and, and authentically ourselves and, and people loved us for that, cared for us for that, uh, embraced us for that? Uh, sometimes we think we have to be special in order for other people to want to be around us. And, and uh, sometimes we can take that into our relationship with God. Sometimes we want God to think us more special than we already are in his eyes. Uh, you see, we, we, we know all the things that we've done wrong. And so, you know, when we go to God, it's like, God, yeah, just make, make my life a little bit better because it's already pretty good. We want that that picture of being special. Actually, we see that in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, God has chosen the people of Israel. God has chosen them as His people. They're special to Him. They're called by Him. They are, they are His personal inheritance. He, he says, you're mine. Actually, the, the prophet Isaiah says it this way. In Isaiah 41, I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, you descendants of Abraham, my friend, I took you from the ends of the earth, from the farthest corners I called you. I said, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not rejected you. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You see, we, we see the people of Israel as being special or chosen, and, and we can look at ourselves and we can say, yeah, but, but I'm not that. It's an interesting dynamic. God is saying, I'm your God. You're my people. You're special to me. Why? Because of Abraham, my friend. Because I chose Jacob, and, and you're just part of it. Actually, they're seen as, as chosen and special, not because of what they have done, but because of who they are related to. <laughs> they're chosen and special, but the relationship isn't intimate. It's not personal. And that's the beauty of what we see in Jesus. You see, Christ takes that a step further. Christ goes a little bit 
deeper. Christ, Christ, in Christ, we see the deeply personal love that God has for us. That Jesus' love for us knows no bound. You see, Jesus becomes human so we can know him, but also so we can be known by him. So that it can be a personal relationship between us. He opens himself, Jesus opens himself up to us so that we can come to know him personally. So that we can have a, a different style of relationship. Not, not God at a distance, but instead we see God with us. And, and, and Jesus uses some very specific language about this relationship that he is trying to craft. He refers to himself in the same language we see in weddings. He says that he is the bridegroom and that we, the people of faith who follow Jesus, we are the bride. We're invited into the intimate picture of a wedding relationship, of a marriage relationship, where Jesus says, two become one flesh, where the two become one. Jesus uses this same imagery to talk about what his relationship with us is all about. He talks about it in the language of the church, but the church is each and every one of us. The body of Christ doing the will of God in the world so that when Jesus says, hey, I am the bridegroom, you are the bride, we are united in Christ. You see, don't miss this imagery. You aren't just close to Jesus. You are one with Jesus. The language he uses is intentional so that we can understand that we have been united in Christ. Christ is our bridegroom and we are the bride united in deeply personal relationship so that we can know him and be known, so that we can love him and be loved so that our lives can be made different. And this can be, can be hard for us to, to fathom or to picture. And so Jesus, Jesus says it in a way that maybe is a bit easier to understand. Instead of just the picture of marriage, he says this, if you love me, keep my commands. He's talking to his disciples, and this is one of the last things he says to them. He says, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. See, Jesus is saying, hey, I'm about to go. But before I do, I want to leave you with some hope that I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate, someone like me, Jesus is saying, because he was an advocate for them as well, to help you and to be here with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit, Jesus is saying, I will send my Holy Spirit to you. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he lives with you 
and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. And on that day, you will realize that I am in my Father. I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. I'm going to say that again because that is the core of the gift we have in Jesus, that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. In Jesus, we are made new. When the Father looks upon us after we enter into our relationship with Jesus, into this deeply personal relationship, the Father doesn't see our brokenness because Jesus has left that on the cross. The Father instead sees Jesus in us. And this is the picture of, of an intimacy that we have never, ever known before. Before we are able to be in relationship with Christ, we, we might search for this intimacy. I know in my life, I longed for an intimacy that I didn't understand. I, I went from thing to thing to thing, trying to find that thing that would fulfill me. I wanted to know and be known, but I didn't understand what it was I wanted to know or who it was that I wanted to know. The reality is you will never find the intimacy you seek until you find the thing for which God made you. And that thing is for Christ to dwell in your heart and you to dwell in His. This is what we were made for. This is what God calls us for. This is why God has entered into the world in Jesus Christ so that we might have life in Him. This is what we were made for. This is the way that Jesus says, I am yours and you are mine in a way that has never been seen before, in a way that removes the brokenness that you might have on your own and, and instead replaces it with my righteousness. You see, a lot of times we want to pretend that we're special or put on pretense. And Jesus says, you are special because I am in you and you are in me. You can't be more special than that. Now you are an heir to the kingdom of God, sons and daughters of God himself. Why? Because God has brought us into his family, not, not just not just because we've been invited to, to come and hang out, but because we've been made part of the family. And so how, how do we respond? What do we do in order to receive this? And, and the first is this. Allow Jesus into your life. In the United Methodist Church, we don't do a lot of altar calls because we believe that God is always calling and so there's not a, a special or specific time that we can do this, but, but the hope is 
that in the moment we can see the gift we have in Jesus and we can allow Jesus into our lives. And maybe, maybe this is the first time that you have heard this. Maybe online or in person, you've been coming to church forever, but you've never opened your heart and said, Jesus, I, I'm, I'm willing, I need you. And so I'm going to invite you to do just that, to invite him in to your life today, in this minute. Don't wait until we have, hey, come on forward. No, right now, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, just say, Jesus, I need you. Even if you've been a Christian your entire life, say, Jesus, I need you because every single moment of every single day we need him. And, and he says, I'm, I'm here for you. And the second is to spend time with Christ in relationship. We, we need to recognize that Jesus is already present with us in our lives. It's time for us to be present with him also. To say, Father, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Be with me. Spend time in, in Scripture, in prayer, talking to the one who loves you more than you could ever understand. He's already present. Let's be present with him. And finally, share Christ's love and grace with others. Love like Jesus. Live for Jesus. Let the love that God has for you well up within you because you are known by God and you know God. And let that dictate what you do, how you live, and how you shape your life. Because Jesus says, I love you, and I can make you into the person that is the most wonderful version of you. Just come with me, and I will love you, and you will love me, and together we will move forward, building God's kingdom, changing the world. See, we've been united with Christ, not just in word or in deed, but in his act of offering himself for us and in the presence of the Holy Spirit, we are united in a way that blows my mind and hopefully it inspires you so that we can live like it, so that we can live like we've been united with Christ. We can live like we are Christ's representatives. We can live like we are the ambassadors that Christ has called into relationship, it's not because we're good enough, not because we're smart enough, not because we've done enough, but because Christ's love is enough. And he says, I love you just the way you are. And I will come to you, and together we will grow in relationship because I love you too much to leave you where you are. So together we can go and be made more and more into the image of Jesus Christ. So let it be so now and always in our hearts and in our minds and in our very soul. Let us be more like Jesus. Let's pray. Gracious 
And Almighty God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift we have in Jesus, for the hope that we have in you, for the unity that we have in Christ. Surround us with your love and grace. Inspire us with your presence to to deeply walk into that relationship. And Father, if there is anyone, anyone that hears this that has not yet accepted you, God, I just pray that you would soften their heart, that you would open their minds and loosen their grip on themselves so that they can say, come, Lord Jesus, into my life. I want to know you and to be known by you. I need you. I love you. Help us all to live this out, to love you deeply, and to allow you to change us into the very thing that you know we could be. We pray this in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And all of us agreed and said, amen.